Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler communications. What is going on, Boat Sports fam? It's your favorite history teacher, Mr. Parker Answers, here with another edition of FN Sports, the podcast where teachers grade sports' biggest issues. We got a gold star, kind of a couple of detentions, and a thesis to jump into. So without further ado, let's get to it. Gold star this week's in a feel kind of like we're giving it to a hometown hero, but we're going to give it to some combination of the Houston Rockets, Paolo Alves, the Clutch City Control Room, some combination of all of them, because if you've not been following me on Twitter or anybody Houston Rockets on Twitter because they ended the season at, what was it, 20-62 and 62 or whatever, what happened this weekend in Houston was truly special. So if you have not followed Paolo Alves, who is also known as Prodigy from his Reddit days on Twitter, what he really did was with the Clutch City Control Room guys, they run the Launchpad podcast and things like that, they threw out a big fundraiser, GoFundMe, to help get Paolo to the United States. Now, we should note that it appears that Paolo has never been out of Portugal or on a plane or anything well, but he's a diehard Houston Rockets fan, the kind of guy that stays until 4 a.m. in Portugal, 5 a.m. in Portugal, watching these games and then recording on things like Twitter Spaces or different podcast platforms to get out as a true analyst. He really understands all different things. And while he and I don't always agree as I listen to him, I do appreciate the utter dedication it takes to do that from so, so far away. Again, staying up till 5 a.m. to watch a team in a random city across the world that you just happen to like a few years back. The Houston Rockets have had a large international fan base for a long time. You can go back to 
Yao Ming in China, but before that you also had Hakeem Olajuwon in Nigeria, and they've, they've tied across the world in a bunch of different ways. They've never had a player from Portugal, to my knowledge, and so I have to feel like this feels more like a one-off, just kind of like the Rockets when he was growing up as a fan of the NBA and of basketball, and he really, really is a dedicated podcaster and up-and-coming creator in the industry. He works at Clutch City Control Room as a company or as a group. They threw out this idea of, hey, let's get a GoFundMe and get Paolo to the States for the last Houston Rockets game was at home against the Atlanta Hawks on Sunday. First of all, this gold star could go to everyone involved that helped get the tickets and the this and the that and the so on, right? Because that obviously made it all somewhat possible. The Houston Rockets then comped the tickets, right? They helped out with it as well. Paolo shows up. They have a big watch party for the Friday night game in Toronto. Do a bunch of fun stuff around Houston. If you're following them on Twitter, all the kinds of like going to the Whataburgers and all kinds of barbecue, all the fun stuff, right? The, the good old spots. The funniest thing, though, may have been watching Paolo react to having chicken and waffles together for the first time i i don't know <laughs> that they that's a southern thing i don't know if they have don't have that elsewhere but anyway i digress you get the game sunday you know houston rockets twitter handle itself tweets out pictures of him with patrick fertita him with rafael stone him is a big part of all of this again houston rockets giving to their fans in a way that not many other places get to you can see Paulo on the side on the side by the basket. They're watching the game. Jalen Green goes off for 41 points, the only rookie this season to break the 40-point barrier. Worth pointing out that he's going to finish the season at about 17.3 points per game. It looks like really, really tremendous campaign out of him. And I'm telling you, as a Rockets fan myself, I'm expecting or eagerly anticipating like 25, 5, and 5 next year. The kids really made a turn in this last two or three months of basketball. I digress. As we're giving this gold star out to everyone in Rockets Twitterdom. What I think is really, really cool and worth pointing out is how happy, genuinely happy, Rockets fans as a whole, Houstonians as a whole, were to see Paolo live in person at the event. Paolo's a young kid that just is a Portuguese kid that's a dedicated basketball fan and analyst, and all of a sudden the city opens its arms wide open to take him in in a weird but cool way twitter going crazy retweeting commenting interacting where can we meet you why are we going to be at halftime we're going to be after game those kinds of things all flaking everywhere and <laughs> well i don't know how much or if paulo slept although there was one picture of him passed out I, I will say that it is fascinating to me to see the way that that twitter sphere interacts with one another houston rockets basketball twitter through a second consecutive season of not a whole lot of wins <laughs> after many, many years of good amount of wins, but not a whole lot of wins in Houston. But man, it's fascinating to see the way that that city rallies around the Rockets. Uh, yeah, we disagree on things like Stephen Silas or things like Kevin Porter Jr., things like Christian Wood or things like John Wall or things like Jalen Green or da 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 and so on. And so there's a whole contingent that still thinks they should have drafted Mobley. But I digress. When it comes down to it, the way that the fans interact with one another for the most part, there's obviously always going to be some oddball shout out to drew what i will say is that has been very very cool to watch and as a guy that's a fan of the rockets but also in content creation at a, at a level that's like obviously not like niche to the rockets i i want to make sure i spread that out there like this is a cool cool story but a cool cool fan base that really deserves highlighting so again gold star to everyone the clutch to control them guys don knock will just Zeke. you got brad o who's got the nba account and all those different things like those guys really pulled this off. 
Apollo obviously getting to benefit from all of it, getting to witness and see Houston culture and see all of what Texas has to offer, and the interaction with all of it happening together. Big, big shout out and gold star to all of them. All right, so our detentions for the weekend, I say detentions plural because much like you could make the gold star plural, I guess technically this is as well. We're going to give it to both Adam Schefter and Gil Brandt. Now, this does stem from a relatively sad story, but over the weekend, Dwayne Haskins passed away in what has been described as a car accident, but it doesn't look like he was in a car. I'm sure details will continue to come and all all of that. The, that's a really, really sad story, and it's unfortunate because Dwayne Haskins, on top of this all, is a 24-year-old kid. Like, at the end of the day, whatever you think about football and athletes and this and that and making money and all, he was a 24-year-old kid. Right, I think that that gets lost in this a lot of the time. Now, he was a 24-year-old kid that brought a lot of people, a lot of positive emotions and a lot of great things as a football player at Ohio State. And I think that that's why he's the kind of 24-year-old kid that we all know, right? Like We don't necessarily know of every sad story across the country all at the same time, but this is one that we do. When we all woke up on Saturday morning and we all saw the news, it was really, really a gut punch to a lot of us, especially bluntly as a guy that just turned 31 Anytime you see a 24-year-old time spanner, 1997 to 2022, that's just not a very big window. Like that, That's a really like sobering feeling. Unless you're Adam Schefter or Gil Brandt, apparently, who decided to, in discussing the sad story of the weekend, you know, Schefter's initial tweet, and Schefter is like the guy. He's the Wojnarowski, the Shamsharani, that guy when it comes to football news because he's built his career as an insider decided in his tweet announcing this to include negative talk about his pro football career as if just anyone has a pro football career like come on Schefter taking pot shots at a kid for his pro career at one of the saddest moments frankly in the NFL season the NFL offseason or in the NFL in a while just is so inappropriate I, I, I could go on to about like how Schefter didn't even play himself and all those kinds of things and who are you to take pot shots but I also don't want to act like a journalist has to be someone who has played. That just was so, so clearly not the time or the place. And not to be usurped in being a jerk, Gil Brandt took it as a moment to talk about guys that he doesn't feel like are necessarily super intelligent or guys that maybe should have you know benefited from that one extra year of school and maybe he wouldn't have been in that situation, those kinds of things. And both of those guys are utter jerks lowest of the, like why are you talking about other human beings and the mo- in the moments after they've passed this is not years from now this is not weeks from now and i probably still have issue with it then this is within the day this is within the morning and bluntly it's disgusting i don't know what you got to do for clicks shefter i would have thought at this point in your life you'd be past it. I don't know what you got to do for clicks, Gil Brandt. I thought at this point in your journalistic career, you'd be past it. But clearly, you're both not. Clearly, you both have to have some sort of a spin or some sort of way to be different or some sort of way to talk down upon someone who has just passed away while their family is finding out about this news and reading these tweets and hearing these radio shows and stories. That's their son, brother, cousin, Right, that's someone that they all just lost in their lives. Regardless of the football fans that just lost someone they enjoyed cheering on or all the teammates that just lost a friend or, or whatever, you're also reporting this news at a human level. And it's disturbing, it's upsetting, and it's unfortunately 
not off brand. Now, Gilbrandt is not quite the same name as Schefter, so I'll sit on Schefter for a little while here. But Schefter has had a bad 18 months with things like wording. It got leaked that he was doing way too much buddy-buddying and letting people on the inside read his stories that were going to be breaking news amidst all of the chaos surrounding John Gruden. I think that kind of got swept under the rug because of the chaos surrounding John Gruden. But a big part of that story as a writer myself is that he was letting his sources read and edit the stories that were going to be breaking news about said sources, which adds a level of huh to the story for sure. You have him tweeting out things throughout the process of the Deshaun Watson deal that were certainly alarming, certainly lacking of any compassion for the women involved in that story. Again, equating things like charges dropped or declining to indict him as if there were some sort of an innocent plea well before we've had any form of a civil trial. Again, I I have my own feelings about this that I clearly, I think, out there at this point, but I have to say that this detention goes to the incident over the weekend because whether or not we expected it, it was certainly disturbing and disgusting behavior out of Schefter and Brandt. All right, so without further ado, we're going to dive in and look at a thesis that has to do with the NBA as their regular season just ended. The thesis reads, the NBA play-in tournament was a good addition to the NBA season. I'm going to give that thesis an A-. Now let's break down why. All right, so with the NBA playing being this week and the matchups being set after the final regular season games have ended, let's talk about if the play-in in the NBA is actually a good addition or not. Now, I gave this an A-. I think that makes it very, very obvious that I am very high on this but I don't think I'm the only one, right? At, in 2021, there were 2 million viewers for the average play, 2 million average viewers, I should say, for the average play-in game, which is up by about 500,000 for the average nationally televised NBA regular season game in a season where you frankly had less ticket sales because of all the COVID protocols and some states were allowed to people in at all and all those kinds of things. So I think that a lot of people watching basketball on TV in 2021 and they were still up over 500,000 viewers. So I think that's a good sign. It's also worth pointing out that with the play-in, you've ended up having less teams tanking, right? You had San Antonio play their way in again this year. The Hornets have kind of used it as a way to prove that they are making the next step. The Pelicans are another young team this season that has used it as a way to make their season feel more like a success than if they came in a ninth or 10th place. And I have to say that when, I, again, we talk about Rockets fandom, back in like the post Yale McGrady pre-Harden years, there was usually we're at the 8-9 spot, and a play-in tournament at 9 would have felt a lot more successful than just at the end of the lottery at 9. Now, I also think that it's worth pointing out a couple things. One, less teams tanking is good for the league. I understand that 20 teams making the playoffs feels like it's bad for the league, and I kind of get that argument at some level. But also, these young teams striving to get to the play-in is a positive because it also means that them not tanking means they're not easy losses down the stretch, right? The Lakers and the Knicks had to play teams like the Spurs, had to play teams like the Hornets, had to play teams like the Pelicans, along the way 
And instead of getting thrown into some young team tanking and throwing out the lineups and being all kind of weird about it that would potentially boost up a Lakers or a Knicks team back into the playoffs, we're looking at teams that were fighting to win those games and get themselves into the playoffs, even in a weird picture, which bounces teams like LA, which bounces teams like New York. And those teams not folding in the long term means that they're playing and making the regular season records more realistic. They're making it a better representation of how teams actually played this season. I think it's also worth pointing out that at some degree, having single elimination games are fun. That was the big conversation we had on this show back around the NCAA tournament when I said it is not the best way to determine a champion, but it is a very fun way to determine it because it's a bunch of single elimination games, right? You got to get six wins in a row without losing anything. This is also single elimination in some in a weird way, right? You get to see the 9-10 game is a very realistic single elimination, right? And then at the 8 seed, you got to win one out of two games, right? You got to either beat the 7 seed in the 7-8 matchup or the loser of that game has to then beat the 9-10 and you can't lose that 9-10. That becomes a very very true single elimination style game and that is obviously going to be fun it's a great high stakes game it allows for some crazy variance and those performances in a one game sample size feel more important even if it's just going to land you as the eight seed and it's just going to land you in i don't know getting swept by miami or whatever the case may be it makes it feel more fun i have to say also it makes like last year's matchups if we think about them the single game aspect of them is also what made them more fun. For example, we all remember LeBron hitting a deep, deep three, Steph Curry range three, to beat Steph Curry and the Warriors and launch them into the seventh seed. We remember John Morant dropping 35 in a big, big game against the same Warriors to send them home packing and take his Grizzlies in playing into the eighth seed from the previous ninth seed. Those are things that were fun and memorable. Frankly, a little more memorable than like watching Luka get 40 against the Clippers in another playoff loss. Even though it was a big game that they won and they felt like they were going to win the series, they then didn't. And so we kind of forget about those single game performances when the teams lose the series. We don't forget about them in the single elimination playoff, even though the Grizzlies and Lakers both got bounced in the first round, right? Like I think that that is worth mentioning along this path as well it gives us moments we remember because it sends a team home right we remember dame lillard beating my rockets back in 2014 even though they didn't like go very far it's like the portland trailblazers won the championship that but it sent a team home dame shot the buzzer sent the thunder home in 2019 right it's not like the blazers went that far they had to then turn and play the Nuggets, and they had to then turn around and get destroyed by the Warriors without Kevin Durant in the Western Conference Finals. But we remember the shot they hit because, again, it sent a team home. It gives us two instances that are one-game eliminations and send a team home, and that's really important, and so much so that I decided to snap while I talked. The other thing I'll say is that it also, like, when the team is actually better, it's just going out and winning a game. It's not that big a deal, right? Like last year, the Celtics were very much better than the 8, 9, 10 seeds in the East. And they went out and won a big, big game with the Wizards, who then went out and won a big, big game. And I feel like a big, big game over Indianapolis. I should make sure I clarify. But that was very clearly like, oh, 
Boston Boston was just better than the 8, 9, 10 seed. That's why they went out and did that, right? This year, what it's going to give us is in the first round, again, through some odd scheduling things, we're going to get Brooklyn versus Cleveland in the 7-8 matchup out east. The winner of that is the 7 seed. The loser has to play either Atlanta or Charlotte to get into the tournament, to get into the dance. What that means is in an interesting turn of events because Kyrie Irving missed so many games this season. Ben Simmons came back from that trade after the Harden deal and hadn't gotten to play yet. You could realistically see with two bad games on their part or good games out of other people, Brooklyn getting bounced before the dance even starts. A team with two Hall of Fame players on it playing some great basketball when available this season could potentially get bounced before the dance starts. And I understand people saying, I want to watch basketball when the best guys play. And blah, blah, blah. I'll say and argue that that forcing of the passing of the torch is better for basketball. Now, I also like watching the guys play. And part of my deal with March Madness is like, St. Peter's is great, but like I kind of wanted to see Kentucky play some good teams. But in this instance, when we're seeing a passing of the torch in generations anyway, seeing guys like Luca coming for it out east, guys like Bam Adebayo coming for it, guys like Jason Tatum coming for it. This is a passing of the torch in a way that is not like the NCAA tournament, and this is something I, I am a fan of. Out west, you've got Minnesota playing the Clippers. We should give the Clippers and Ty Lue their credit with no Kawhi Leonard this season and very little Paul George this season. They've played their way into the eight seed, which in a non-play-in season would put them in the playoffs. So hats off there. Weirdly could make a good case for him to win coach of the year because of that. But I digress. Minnesota, we get the Ant-Man Anthony Edwards in a play-in one-game scenario. Give me all of that. All of it. All of it. All of it. Give me all. It's so much fun to watch that guy play. He's explosive. He's quick. He gets. He's strong. He goes through defenses, around defenses, shoots it over the top of defenses. Oh, and his running mate is a seven-foot-one giant who strokes it from behind the arc. Yeah, I'll watch those guys in a one-game sample size, even if that just means that they're playing to get bounced by Memphis. It's okay. That means we get a moment with them, a moment with Anthony Edwards, even though they're not quite ready to take out the top dogs out west yet. Beneath them, you got the 9-10 seed. is going to be New Orleans and San Antonio. And the story there is that it's not... LeBron's Lakers, and while that's probably its own podcast for a whole different day, we did get to talk about it a little bit with Thomas last week on the midterm when we got to talk about you know picks for the finals and those kinds of things. What what's really fun here is that you get Pop as the veteran coach. He's got a younger team this year, but veteran coach, obviously one of the greatest coaches of all time, getting to coach against a team like New Orleans that has all these fun young guys, including they've now got McCollum, including they've got Brandon Ingram, and that's all a ton of fun and all that. I imagine San Antonio wins that. You know, I understand Brandon Ingram is an all-star, former all-star. I'm going to give the nod to Pop there. I imagine we're looking at, eh, for fun's sake, let's say we get Minnesota and San Antonio. Here's the interesting thing here is that Brooklyn has to do all this just to get in the dance and then turn around and play the two-seed Milwaukee Bucks. The same two-seed that took I'd argue a better Nets team last spring, unless Ben Simmons is playing and, and whatever. Anyway, if Ben Simmons is not playing, I don't think it's that big a stretch to say last year's Nets team was better than this year's Nets team. If Ben Simmons is playing, I feel like it's kind of undecided because we haven't gotten to watch him play. And so 
we've got that potentially happening if they even get in, right? And I would say on the whole, that is good for basketball. The other part of all this is the reason the play-in only involves these 7 and 8 seeds or 7, 8, 9, 10 seeds is because we've never had a 7, 8, 9, 10 seed win the whole thing. The lowest seed to ever win the whole thing was the six-seeded 1995 Houston Rockets. Yes, you knew I was going to get that in. <laughs> um, but yes, the Houston Rockets in 1995 were the lowest seed to ever win the NBA Finals. And it's worth pointing out they like added Clyde Drexler mid here, and they'd been in the finals and won the whole thing the year before, and yada, yada, yada. You could talk about championship hangover before they got Clyde Drexler. And anyway, that's what it took for adding a Hall of Famer midseason took them from a six seed to winning it all. I, we did in the lockout super short season have the eight seeded New York Knicks get to the finals, but that, that's not quite the same, and it's not winning. That Knicks team also, for what it's worth, got to like work Latrell Sprewell back into the mix after trading John Starks. And for anyway, like that all kind of feels wonky too. It's a shortened season, so like maybe they possibly would have been better than eight seed in a normal eighty-two game season. The first round was a best of five, and they snuck by the Miami Heat, who were the overall one seed, and and so then they get to play the as if they're the one seed from then on out. and Anyway, it's a bunch of weirdness around that, and they didn't win the whole thing, and so I, I don't think it necessarily even qualifies for this. That is all to say that this is a fun way to pick two teams that probably don't have a chance. Now, do the Nets feel a little bit different this year because of, you know, they were great when Kyrie got to play, but he missed so many games because of he wouldn't get the jab, the jab and those kinds of things? Yeah, I guess that feels a little different. But I also can vividly remember being very wrong when I said it felt a little different last year when the Lakers got the seventh seed after having their injuries and stuff like that and the, having come back from the COVID bubble and having had played so many games in a row and how you know that took a toll on their bodies and after the, healing their injuries up, they'd probably be rested. And then they notably weren't. So <laughs> maybe I'm wrong on that. I do think Durant is that kind of a guy, and while he missed a little bit of time hurt this year, it was nothing too, too crazy and major, so knock on wood, and we'll make sure that that works out well for him. I I just have to say that this is overall a fun, fun thing. Now, I gave it A- and an A, so I do need to tell people like what the one drawback I see to the play-in tournament is, and that's actually fairly simple. It's if you are this year's LA Clippers, last year's Golden State Warriors or whatever, and you have earned your way to the eighth seed, an accomplishment that until fairly recently has been a thing, right? Being into the playoffs, getting into the dance is an accomplishment. It kind of stinks that one night worth of foul trouble or one night of bad shooting or one night of someone else having great shooting, they're all pros too, right? We talked about John Morant beat the Warriors with 35 points last year, and obviously that felt like fortuitous now looking back but at the time I was like dang what's going on there at some level that also feels kind of shady after having done the NBA one way for whatever that was 73 years right like like that feels a little off I, I will say that the NBA has lucked out into having some important teams in it each year last year's Warriors and Lakers this year's Nets like important teams in the grand scheme of things i think i think the nba is lucky there i think we're looking at a day one day where none of these teams actually matter but until we get there 
I, I, I have to feel like, you know, I understand Steph Curry and the Warriors feeling slighted because they weren't a playoff team last year. Now, I won't let them sit and say, well, we were the eighth No, you didn't make playoffs, and that's a firm, firm line. If the same thing happens to Nets this year, does that kind of stink that you have a whole season worth of accomplishments you know, derailed in 48 hours? Yeah. Will I say they made the playoffs? Absolutely not. Making the play-in is not making the playoffs, and that's a firm, firm stance out of one Mr. Ainsworth here. But it's still... It's still not an injustice that feels like too strong a word, but it's something I do understand, so it takes me a little bit lower in the A range. The other aspect of this is is that, you know, I I am not one that... My Rockets are tanking, so I feel awkward saying this. Tanking is bad for basketball. Tanking is bad for sports. There is still tanking happening. This is not like a fix-all. Not every team stopped tanking. A couple did. That helps, right? A couple stopped, but this on the whole, doesn't doesn't really move the needle in a way that makes it feel like tanking's gone. My Houston Rockets, I'll be honest, if I look at the lineups they ran out for a number of those games in the last three months, they could have probably pushed and won some more games, but they'd rather have the way that the season locked up is they cannot fall out of the top five draft picks in a year where there are a number of good players in the top five draft picks, right? Like, it still helps them to lose games. You are the same thing about Oklahoma City, Detroit, a number of these teams that are finding ways to make themselves, or put themselves, I should say, in better draft position. Portland just shut down Dame. Now, could Dame have played? Maybe not. Maybe he really couldn't have played, but they shut down Dame to hopefully get a good draft pick and make some moves and see if they can't get right back into this next year. It didn't end tanking. So I don't think that it gets a full credit A for ending tanking. It stopped some teams from it. It made less teams tank, but it's not gone. It's not fading away. And until you just stop rewarding being bad with high draft picks, I don't know that it will ever go away completely. I I wrote a piece for Belly Up a couple years back. It was amidst the COVID draft, and the COVID draft felt particularly odd because you didn't have all the tryouts, you didn't have all the things, and the draft was, frankly not that far away from the beginning of the season because the season had just ended with the bubble and so on. And my argument was to get rid of the draft. That gets rid of tanking. Get rid of the draft. Make it free agency. Make it signing day like college sports are where you just say, hey, all these teams make your sales pitch to Zion. Hey, all these teams make your sales pitch to Cade Cunningham. Hey, all these teams make your sales pitch to Paolo Bencaro and see where he goes. If you're really an intriguing team, He'll sign with you. If you're a team that doesn't have five and six all-stars, offer him a bunch of money, right? Do those kinds of things to see if he comes to you. And I, outside of that, I don't know if you can really get rid of tanking. Now, are there drawbacks to having no draft? Yeah. Why would anyone go sign to play in the middle of, not going to throw any city under the bus, but in the middle of nowhere for the same amount of money they could go play in Miami for? I get that. But what I'm saying is, is that, eventually would have some sort of especially in a salary cap league some sort of evening out because frankly the guys would eventually be like but i can go make more money here or but you've got 17 point guards there why am i going to sign there and never play like at some point it would kind of shake back out and no teams incentivized to lose i i don't know how that works out the de- reason it doesn't work out in college sports is because there's no salary cap because there's no salaries and so since there's no salary cap and no salaries everyone that plays football wants to go to Alabama, right? But if there were a salary cap and Alabama couldn't pay 
Bryce Young the same that, I don't know, TCU does, then he has more likelihood of signing as TCU all of a sudden. So I think that's a weird benefit the NBA could use. But I digress. Go read the piece. It's a couple years old at this point. It's just okay. But I really think there's something there. So play-in tournament NBA as a good addition. We're giving it an A-, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Okay, Parker. So the thesis statement for this commercial is James Harden has the best beard in sports. What do you think about that thesis statement? Oh, I give it an A. You know, as a Houston guy, we we seem to have an affinity for our beards between guys like him, Dallas Keiko, lots of big beards in the Houston area. What do you think about the thesis? So I'm a Jets fan, and I absolutely love the beard that Ryan Fitzpatrick has. So maybe I would give Ryan Fitzpatrick the nod over James Harden. But you're talking to a couple of bearded teachers, and we know a thing or two about making sure that you maintain that mane. So check out the beard struggle. The beard struggle, they make oils, they make balms, they even have this heated comb to make sure that you get your beard straight so that you're looking fresh. I know I've really enjoyed using the oil they make for my quarantine beard of sorts. It's nice and long these days, but it'll <laughs> keep it nice and healthy and hydrated. And if you're listening to our show, you can use FN Sports 15 and get 15% off your oils, your balms, your shampoos, conditioners, whatever you need to use to keep your beard looking healthy. Absolutely. Check out The Beard Struggle at thebeardstruggle.com. Whether you're just starting to grow or you have a luscious mane already, The Beard Struggle's got all the products that you need. The Beard Struggle. Feast your face. Friends, that's another edition of FN Sports. Do I feel like you know a little bit more about the play-in, or at least about why it's a good thing? Maybe, kind of, sort of? Shout out to Chris Sliwa for all the editing work he does behind the scenes. Thank you, Chris. You can follow him on Twitter and all his takes at Chris underscore Sliwa7. On Instagram, it's the same thing, but without the underscore. He also doesn't do as much sports takes there. The occasional picture of Boston, I guess, though, if you really, really want it. You can find me and all my personal stuff at Painsworth512. It's at P-A-I-N-S-W-O-R-T-H-512, all one word, on Twitter and Instagram, also not the most sports takey on Instagram, but what I will say is on Twitter, you can find me and all my L's on sneakers, taking a few more of those. You can all my Wordles and Portals and those kinds of things. Yes, I do post all those still. I feel like I'm an old man at this point. I also will post all the things I'm reading and writing and recording, so make sure you check all those out at Painsworth512 on Twitter. This show is on Twitter and Instagram. On Instagram, we're at F underscore N underscore sports. We're at F underscore N underscore sports on Instagram. On Twitter, we're at FN Sports 2. It's F I N S P O R T S number 2, all one word. That's F I N S P O R T S number 2, all one word on Twitter. On both of the social medias, you better go to the link tree in the handles, or link tree in the bios, I should say. And from there, you can go to all of our sponsors. You can go to my bookie, use code FN Sports to double your deposit up to $1,000. US Use code FN Sports 15 at the beard struggle for all your bearded needs for you know bombs and those kinds of things you can also use the link there to go to yeti and get all your cups coolers and koozies other insulated needs also 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 through all of those different links in the link tree you can get to our merch store we have special charitable t-shirts and hoodies every month so make sure you go check those out we're helping the autistic self-advocacy network this month so make sure you go grab a shirt to help out autistic self-advocacy network for Autism Awareness Month. Thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you download, like, rate, review, and do it on a couple of different platforms. But whatever you do when it comes to sports, don't flunk with us. Later, guys.
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more.